The purpose of this program is not to prescribe a treatment to individuals. Listeners should consult their healthcare practitioner before attempting any treatment. Good morning and welcome to Health Watch. I'm Dr. David Naiman, your host. Today's guest, Dr. Sarah Gottfried, is a Harvard and MIT educated physician, speaker, and author, and a nationally recognized yoga instructor. She is a board certified in obstetrics and gynecology and teaches medical students at the University of California, San Francisco. Dr. Gottfried is the author of the New York Times bestselling book, The Hormone Cure, and is here today on Health Watch to talk about her latest book, The Hormone Reset Diet, a 21-day program to reset your metabolism, to address sugar cravings, stress eating, food addictions, and more. Welcome back to Health Watch, Dr. Sarah Gottfried. Thank you, Dr. Neiman. So happy to be here. Well, why don't we start with the term hormonal reset? What do you mean by reset, and and why is this something that's particularly good for people, and and, and even more so for women in, in specific? Well, I love the word reset. You know, when I first was struggling with my own weight, this now goes back about 10 years when I was in my mid-30s, I had two babies, and I just couldn't lose the baby fat. I couldn't get rid of the extra weight that I had. My old diet tricks didn't work. And it was one of those defining moments because I went to my my primary care doctor, who's rather conventional, and he didn't have palatable solutions for me. He told me I needed to exercise more and eat less, and it just it felt wrong. So it was this, this clarifying moment where I, I realized that my problem was probably hormonal, and indeed it was. I designed a, a 21-day plan to reset your hormones. What I mean by reset is that we're changing the relationship, the partnership between a hormone and its receptor, particularly the top seven hormones that control your metabolism or how fast or slow you burn a calorie. So speak a little bit more about your, your doctor's advice of, of eating less and exercising more as, as not being the answer or at least not the comprehensive answer. What, what is the downside of the, of the calories in, calories out model in your mind? Well, in my mind, we've gotten to a place where the, the actual story is a little more mysterious and complicated than simply uh, energy balance or calories in, calories out. So that doctor, you know, I still remember him pointing to a whiteboard in his office. I was shivering in one of those paper gowns, and he said, you, it's simple math, Sarah. You just need to eat less and exercise more. And at first I was a bit humiliated And then I got angry because I realized that so many women and men as well were being told this very same thing. It's what I was taught in my conventional medical training. And the truth is more complicated. So it's not just calories in, calories out. That's part of the story, but it's not the whole story. Your hormones really dictate what your body does with food. So what would be some signs or symptoms that uh, somebody listening might have an imbalance in their hormones that they'd want to investigate further? Well, probably the easiest hormone to see the effects of would be insulin. So if you have not the right relationship between insulin and its receptor, it's kind of a lock and key arrangement where insulin is is like a key that fits into the lock uh, or receptor of a cell and opens the cell up to accept glucose. If you have a problem with insulin, if you have insulin resistance or your cells are numb to insulin, you probably have belly fat you probably have pretty strong hunger, and you may crave sugar. 
those are some really common symptoms. There's many others, but I, I think accumulating belly fat is the most common symptom. Well, it was really interesting in reading the Hormone Reset Diet because you've structured this plan in a way that seems pretty unique, that you've looked, you're looking at seven different hormones that could be out of balance and doing three days of a reset for each of the hormones, if I understand it correctly. So can you talk to us in, in sort of a, the large sense of how this 21-day uh, reset looks? Well, this is the part that I think is the most exciting, David. I hope you don't mind me calling you David. Please call me Sarah. (laughs) When I first started looking at insulin and how it's the arbiter of whether you store fat or burn fat, I was stunned to find that you can reset the relationship between insulin and its receptor in 72 hours. So that's what got me interested in looking at hormones, the receptors, the control system, and how fast you can turn over a receptor, make it fresh and new. And when it comes to insulin and also estrogen, there's a real problem right now, I believe, and I imagine you agree, with estrogen dominance or estrogen pollution, mostly from uh, environmental exposures. But you can change that. You can change that relationship in 72 hours. So the insulin receptor can turn over in 72 hours. Same thing with the estrogen receptor. So that's where we start with a three-day reset for estrogen and then a three-day reset for insulin. So when you do this 21 days, let's say you're doing the three-day estrogen reset and then you're moving on to the next hormone, are you continuing to avoid the things that you were avoiding in the previous hormone that you were resetting when you go on to the next one? That's correct. And the reason for that, there's a, a right order, a right sequence to this. And I found that estrogen is often one of the hardest hormones to reset. Yes, you can start to change the relationship between estrogen and its receptor in 72 hours, but I imagine our listeners today have heard of the microbiome from you before, the set of microbes in your gut and their DNA and how they interact with the food that you eat and the stress that you carry around. There's a subset of the microbiome called the astrobilome, and this is a set of microbes that determine your estrogen levels. It's one of a few different factors that determine your estrogen levels, but it's really interesting to realize that we're designed to use the estrogen molecule, whether you make it yourself or you take it exogenously, we're designed to use it once and then either pee or poop it out. We're not designed to keep recirculating estrogen over and over again like bad karma. But indeed, that's what happens when you have a problem with your astrobilome. So um, before we talk about each of these different resets, can you talk a little bit about what people could hope to achieve by doing the three-week program? So what are, what are some of the results that you've seen? I don't know if you've actually uh, accumulated data or, it's, or mostly just looking at things anecdotally, but tell us, tell us what people could hope to see from, from the program. Sure. I'm a, I'm a total geek, and I love to collect data. So we do have robust data behind this particular program. I taught it for the first time seven years ago, and since then I've had 5,000 people go through the program to beta test it. And about 95% of those folks were women, 5% were men. And here's what we found. There's a mean weight loss of 15 pounds that's mostly fat loss. Some lose more, some lose less. It's a bell-shaped curve. People, on average, drop their blood sugar 
about 20 points, which is really substantial. I think a lot of folks don't realize they're in the prediabetes range or they have a problem with insulin resistance and they just haven't had it diagnosed by their conventional doctor yet. We also found that people on average lose four inches off their waist. And as you know, that's a really important predictor of what's happening in terms of the status of fat in your body. So let's um, let's walk th- people through the um, the reset diet a little bit. We won't go through all the hormones, but we started with estrogen. What would a what would the the beginning reset look like if somebody were going to try to reset their estrogen receptors? So the reset for estrogen, I call meatless, and this is a bit controversial. But what I want to do is get people off of conventional meat. You know the kind of CAFO meat that's raised in concentrated animal feeding operations that on average are injected with six steroid hormones and also are chock full of superbugs because they're fed antibiotics. So I want to get people off the toxic red meat, which also has toxic fat. And what I found is that when you do this, when you start to get rid of the conventional meat, when you eat more pastured poultry and Uh, cold water fish that's low in mercury, more shellfish, this can really make a difference in terms of your estrogen levels. Now, when you combine that with getting off of alcohol, which we know raises estrogen levels and also increases a woman's risk of breast cancer, even as little as three servings a week, and you get people to start eating more fiber. And this one's really important. If you learn nothing else today, I think this one is maybe the key. I encourage people to eat a pound of vegetables a day you know, divided throughout the day, day, but when you are eating sufficient fiber, and about 97% of Americans are not, that's what helps you poop and pee out the estrogen so that it's not causing the pollution, it's not gumming up the receptor and leading to estrogen dominance and weight loss resistance. In case you just tuned in, we're talking today to Dr. Sarah Gottfried about her latest book, The Hormone Reset Diet, Heal Your Metabolism to Lose Up to 15 Pounds in 21 Days. Uh, it was really interesting in reading the estrogen section, Dr. Gottfried, about how because of this meat connection, really people who are going on the paleo diet, it's, it's a different scenario for women than it is for men. Can you, can you elaborate on that a little? Sure, sure. I think paleo may be the most uh, searched Google term right now, the paleo diet. And I went on paleo. I had a number of patients who went on paleo, and they reached a plateau with their weight loss. There's now a few randomized trials that show that women seem to respond to paleo differently than men do. And I I think some of that has to do with our greater amount of estrogen and lower amounts of testosterone compared to men. But most women will reach a plateau with a body mass index of about 23. So I think it's important to realize that You know, many people look at the paleo food plan and they make a dinner that they think is paleo and it's maybe a 12-ounce grass-fed steak and three asparagus spears. Now, I don't think that is the intention behind paleo. It was much more plant-based than I think a lot of folks realize. But I, I just think it's important to understand that meat can raise your estrogen levels and we want to be careful about that. Uh, let's move on to another another hormone, and one that was really interesting to me was your section on leptin. Uh, a lot of people probably don't know what leptin is and might also be surprised that the reset would include removing fruit tempor- temporarily. Yes. Well, folks, 
maybe have heard of leptin as the satiety hormone. It's a hormone that's made in your fat cells. It wasn't discovered until 1994, and it hasn't gotten as much press uh, as insulin and some of the other hormones have. But what's, what's interesting to me is that leptin starts to rise. You start to get imbalanced leptin or leptin resistance when you get too much fructose. And I, I feel like our exposure to fructose has really changed in the past 100 years. If you just look, for instance, at my great-grandmother, who was born in the year 1900, an apple in her day was quite tart, it was small, and it had about two to three grams of fructose. And what's happened with our modern food industry is that many fruits have been hybridized to be higher in fructose. So a big apple today that's very sweet is almost like a sugar bomb and contains anywhere from about 18 to 25 grams of fructose. So we want to be careful about how much fructose we're getting exposed to. Certainly the villain here is high fructose corn syrup. But if you have a broken metabolism, it can also be a problem for you to eat too much high fructose fruit. Now, I'm not saying you got to get every fruit out of your life. I just recommend during the, the reset diet that you eat low fructose fruit, avocados, coconut, olives. And so what are some of the symptoms that leptin is out of balance? Well, leptin is the satiety hormone. It's, it's the hormone that says to your body, darling, put the fork down. So if you have a lot of hunger, say you wake up in the morning and you're just ravenous, or you eat and then two to three hours later, you feel like you've got to eat again. Maybe you're snacking or grazing all day long. There's also issues with food addiction there. But if, if hunger is a real problem for you, it may be that you have leptin resistance. Huh, that's really interesting. Uh, what, what are some of the other hormones that stand out to you that you'd like to, to share today? I, I, I know that there's, you talk a little bit about thyroid and, and grains, for instance. That seems like another interesting topic that people who are having low metabolism might want to do a grain-free reset, for instance. Yeah, this is, this is definitely an interesting one. And we know that women are affected with thyroid problems much more commonly than men. And this was a surprise to me. I mean, I, I understood that there was a connection between gluten intolerance and celiac and problems with the thyroid. There's an autoimmune connection there. But I didn't realize that there's quite a few anti-nutrients in grains. And often, if you have grains in your diet, it can adversely affect your thyroid. It can raise your reverse T3, which is like a thyroid blocker. And so my recommendation is to get off of grains for a certain length of time. It doesn't have to be extended. But to go off of them, see what happens to your waist measurement, see what happens to your body fat and your weight, and then you can add it back. And again, for three days, notice what happens when you add grains back. So that's the, the formula for the grain-free reset. And then what measurements are you having people do during the 21 days? Are there specific things, either blood tests or monitoring their own weight at home that they're doing when they're doing the reset diet? Yes, there's four basic measurements that I think are important because I don't believe that weight is the best way to capture what's happening with your body on a metabolic level. So I like for people to measure their height, weight, their, uh, their waist measurement, and their hip measurement. Now, that gives you a lot of information about what can happen 
when you reset these seven hormones and metabolism. Now, if you want a more extended version, I love to collect more data than that. You can also measure your body fat. You can check your net carbs each day. You can also track your, uh, your metabolic rate, which is an accurate way of looking at how you're burning calories each day. You can also look at some of your hormone levels. So you could measure the seven hormones that I mentioned. Not everybody has the time or the money for that, but you know, it's, it's, it's kind of enchanting when you see your own hormones dramatically changing with how you eat, move, think, and supplement. So at the beginning of the show, you mentioned that in, in your studies over the last seven years of this protocol, 95% of the patients have been women. Is, is that reflect your own interest in, in medicine, or is that really because this is a, a better designed program for women than it is for men? Well, I, I'm a board-certified gynecologist, so I, I look at the world through gynecology lenses. And I, you know, I think women have some special needs when it comes to really feeling at home in their body. You know, definitely we've got more body image issues. We've got more fat talk. Uh, we've got more hormone problems than men do. And when men go on diets, they tend to be more successful. They have what's called the testosterone advantage. They've got more testosterone, less estrogen compared to women. So I really got interested in what are women's unique needs and how can we reset them? How can we help get these seven hormones back into the Goldilocks position? So some of it has just been my own interest and also, I think, a lack of focus on women and their unique needs with uh, improving their lean body mass. And the 5% of men who did join us, frankly, many of them were husbands that were dragged into the program. Now, they saw a lot of benefits. Sure. You know, they certainly benefit from uh, reversing estrogen dominance and insulin resistance, et cetera. But it's really designed for women. So um, when... When people are looking at this diet in, the, in, in terms of its context in the long term, sort of how people are going to live and eat going forward, if we have skeptical, skeptical listeners who are, who are saying, well, I might go off of alcohol for three days or go off fruit for three days or go off grain for three days, but I'm not going to avoid these foods you know, long term as part of my life. So what is, what is the, the point of it? Um, can you talk to the, that that patient, what, what would you say back to them who are saying, why should I even try if I know I'm going to eat it again? Oh, absolutely. Well, I, you know, this is interesting. This is biology. I think the, the nature of biology and the way that we eat, if we're realistic about it, is that we retoxify and then we benefit from the periodic detoxification. I think that's been true for thousands of years. If you look at uh, Chinese medicine or Ayurveda, and then we go through a period of, of detoxifying again. So I, I believe that the best way to do this is to think about it as something that you do quarterly or maybe every six months, depending on how out of whack your hormones are, how your stress response is governing your hormone system. I definitely believe that there's a diagnostic benefit to doing this, this reset as well. If you can't get off of alcohol, for three weeks, if you can't, say, stay off of dairy for a certain length of time, then you might have a sticky relationship with it that we need to take a look at. So, you know, long term, I'm not saying that you've got to stay off of red meat, you've got to stay off of alcohol, etc. But there are certain things that you do want to continue. And maybe most important here is that 
this reset, the way that I've designed it, the particular sequence, it's designed to get you back into a conversation with your body. And I think that's something that's really missing from most of the diet books and most of the approaches to eating. It gets you back into a conversation about, oh, here's a food plan that really serves me. And it allows you to personalize because we know there's not one size fits all. And I would imagine people would be potentially discovering all sorts of things when they're on the reset diet. Maybe they don't have acid reflux or they don't have their constipation or some other symptom. They have more energy that might be a motivating factor in terms of, of choices going forward. Absolutely true. I mean, I, I'm a functional medicine physician, and this is really designed to allow people to do a modified elimination diet that's really designed to repair their, their hormones and the receptor. And I, it does many other things as well. It, it works in an integrated way to heal your gut, to solve some of those uh, discomforts that you described, like acid reflux or mood issues, depression, it's, uh, it's really designed to help improve your hormones in aggregate so that you have the energy and the mood and the body that you want. And, and one of the interesting parts in the Hormone Reset Diet also was you looked at the National Weight Control Registry, which follows the behaviors of people who, who have successfully lost weight and kept it off for many, many years and, and gleaned some information about some of the uh, behavioral traits that are common among these people. Can you talk a little bit about, about some of those? Sure. Well, I, you know, I think one of the problems with diets and one of the reasons why they fail is that often there's not a maintenance program. So I'm a big fan of having a powerful maintenance, and program, maintenance program that is data-driven. So I think the National Weight Loss Registry is one of the most evidence-based ways that we can take a look at okay, you've lost the weight, you've reset your hormones, how do we get it to stick? Because we know yo-yo dieting, having your weight go up, may be worse for you than dieting in the first place. So there's a number of things that we can see from the National Weight Loss uh, Registry. We know that having sufficient protein is really important. That's been shown both inside and outside of the registry. Exercise is really key. Sleep is very important. A lot of these things are common sense. But I, I think it's important to make sure that we're using the best evidence to maintain the weight loss once you achieve it. Well, it's interesting with exercise that it hasn't really been shown to help with weight loss by itself, but it has been shown to be really important for helping maintaining weight loss that you've achieved through food changes. I think that is really interesting. You know, I think if we, if we look at the math, you know, it really varies from person to person, but we know about 80% of weight loss is related to food, and about 20% is related to exercise. And you're absolutely right that when it comes to maintenance, exercise seems to be far more important. So I think the, the trick there is that most people have reformed the way that they eat, and so the role of exercise becomes increasingly important. So maybe to end the program, you could talk a little bit about some of your favorite supplements. I know you have some various ones that you use strategically throughout the 21 days. Are there any that come to mind that you'd like to share that maybe are less commonly known about? Sure. Well, one of my favorites is berberine. And I would love to get any comments you have with your, your own practice and your work with herbs about berberine. But I, I think the data is quite stunning on berberine in terms of how it helps you with blood sugar control. 
And the backstory here is that so many folks have issues with blood sugar. I certainly did. Uh, and they don't realize that it's making them have brain fog in the morning or it's making them have this stubborn weight gain right at their, their waist. So berberine is one of my favorites. I'm sure you probably saw the study looking at women with polycystic ovarian syndrome. And it was a head-to-head randomized trial, the best evidence that we have, comparing berberine to metformin, which is a, a standard medication that we give to women who have polycystic ovarian syndrome and have irregular periods and insulin resistance. And the berberine won. And I just think it's very exciting when uh, a plant medicine is shown to be more effective than a pharmaceutical medicine. So that's one of my favorites. Another is NAC, N-acetylcysteine. It's one of the safest supplements out there. It's an amino acid that is a precursor to something called glutathione, which is a very powerful antioxidant. And it was especially relevant to me recently when I tested in the toxic range for mercury and lead. And NAC has been shown to reduce the body burden of those two heavy metals. You also mentioned some, uh, a supplement that's an extract from kidney beans that I'd never heard of that was really fascinating to me. Could you, could you talk about that one too? Yeah, so this is an extract from white kidney beans, and it's been shown to slow down your metabolism of carbohydrates. So this is part of that conversation we just had about uh, retox, detox, retox. I think, you know, if you're having, a ch- if you're, your child has a birthday party and you're having a piece of cake, I think it can be helpful to take an extract such as the white kidney bean and slow down the effect on your blood sugar from having a piece of cake. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, do you have a website you could point listeners to, Sarah? Sure, yes. So the book is at hormonereset.com if you want to learn more about whether you have a sticky relationship to food, we also have a free quiz there at hormonereset.com forward slash quiz. And do you have any final thoughts you want to share today? Well, I'd say a final thought here is, you know, a lot of people think their hormones are quite mysterious and maybe too big of a project to take on. They just feel too busy and stressed, mostly because cortisol is uh, too high or imbalanced. And the truth is that it's easier to get your hormones back in the balance than to live with the misery of them being out of whack. Well, it was great having you back on Health Watch today, Dr. Gottfried. My pleasure, Dr. Neiman. Thanks for having me. We're talking today to Dr. Sarah Gottfried, the author of The Hormone Reset Diet. You've been listening to Health Watch. I'm Dr. David Neiman, your host. 